Uh, Vibers, hi. Uh, it's your boy, Kai, and uh, I'm excited to be sitting here today with one of my closest friends from TikTok. He's a digital creator. He is a, uh, a sexy voice narrator, <laughs> all of the above. Chance J. Terry will be with us very, very shortly. I'm going to bring him into the box. But before we get started, my friends, uh, in this live stream today, we're going to be talking about how we deal with failure. We're going to be talking about the highs and the lows of, of failure in our personal lives and the most useful ways, the most useful things that we do to help overcome that failure. So if that's something that you're interested in, stick around. Um, if you are a Viber, you'll get to comment. If you're not a Viber, you can watch, but you won't be able to comment. But you can hit that little star at the top and uh, subscribe and you'll be able to comment. So. Um, my friends, if you, uh, if you have, do you have a dollar to spare? Do you have $1 to spare? If you have $1 to spare, my friends, uh, I have a whole Patreon that's all about this. Uh, so if you head on over to click the link in my bio, and then once you click on that, you're going to see a link for Patreon. Go, go follow, uh, go subscribe there. $1 per month. It's only $1 per month. And you're going to get a whole wealth of things mental health wise, uh, and insight and things, more things about my personal journey with mental health. And on top of that, uh, you're going to get some exclusive videos and things that you, that I don't post anywhere else, nowhere else, but you'll get it on Patreon. So click the link in my bio for that. Um, once again, if you're in here and you're like, I can't comment or anything like that, that's because this is a, uh, a subscriber live. So only the subscribers will be able to comment. Everybody can watch, but if you want to be able to comment and you're not a Viber, just hit that little star at the top, subscribe, and you'll be able to comment in, on this one and any other future live that are similar to it. All right, my friends, let's get to it, my friends. I'm super excited. Uh, coming in to the chat right now, uh, to this live is is one of my closest friends here on TikTok. I'm gonna bring him in right now because he's a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. You're you're a beautiful man. I thought you were gonna go Deadpool. Never burp in a helmet. <laughs> Disgusting. What's up, man? How are you? What's going on? Happy, uh, did you get a haircut for this? No, I, I fixed it. So I just like put shit in it. Well, it's helmet <laughs> hair, actually. <laughs> you just wanted to look nice and pretty for all for all the cameras yeah. and all yeah, the, that. Yeah, that's all. That's, that's fine. Yeah. I always said that you had a voice for radio, you know, or uh, damn it, not a voice, a face a face for radio. radio, dude. You you messed the first one up, but you can try to hurt me again. That's okay. Let's, I'm gonna re, I'm gonna re, I'm gonna re, I'm gonna retry that. <clears throat> Hold on. Let's go. I always said ah, <laughs> I always said that you have a face for radio. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> um, Chance, super what? excited to be sitting and, and chatting with you uh, today, my friend, because we're going to be talking uh, all about failure uh, and, and how we deal with failure, how we go about managing it and, and overcoming it. Um, I, you got to choose this very topic, and I was super excited when you told me that this was the topic that you wanted to talk about. Um, so I'll, I want to start off with this. What does failure mean to you? Um, disappointment in self mm -hmm. is how I would break that down. Because other people don't get to dictate uh, how or if I fail. It's up to me how or if I fail. And it's disappointment in self. <clears throat> do, you, do you find yourself, I guess, fearing failure and how much does that fear end up um whoops, i always have to smack the corgi um how much does that fear kind of like drive <clears throat> you or, or steer you away from doing things so i'm more of an excitement to succeed kind of guy mm -hmm. when it comes to drive and want to to do things but concerning failure i don't <laughs> i don't ever fucking see it coming <laughs> I don't ever sit back and go, hmm, this may fail mm -hmm. uh, unless, unless it already has. Mm. And if it's already failed or if I've already failed, then it affects me. It, it honestly, the acceptance of failure just shuts it all down for me. Mm -hmm. I, I just move on at that point. Right. But I don't really use it as a motivating factor. I think and it's a very big motivating factor. Don't get me wrong. The, the fear of failure or the fear of loss is 10 times more effective than the opportunity for gain uh, mm -hmm. psychologically. Um, but it's just not where my, 
it's just not where my mindset lies. Right. Right. Do you feel, do, do you feel that with age, cause you're what, 60, 75? If, if I'm yeah. <laughs> I don't like to give away my exact age, but you're in the ballpark. <laughs> um, do you find that it's gotten easier with age to kind of have that mindset or does it, does it like the, the anxiety, I guess, press a little more in your brain because you're, I guess, more self-aware of the things around you and the people around you? You know, I'm not, a, I'm not a young man like you, so I will, I will give you some advice. Um, yes, the older you get and the more you fuck up, mm-hmm. the easier it is to deal with fuck ups. So I look back, I look back at my teens and I look back at my twenties and I look at all the things I was worried about failing with all the things I was so scared would happen. And guess what? Mm-hmm. They all happened. Every yeah. single one, my, my fears, um, not, not some, but like every single one of, for instance, my professional fears came true. Mm-hmm. And looking back on that, yeah, it sucks, but I'm still here. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't change who I am. So mm-hmm. it does get easier by far. Right. Right. Uh, for those of you that are just joining in, uh, I'm Kai. What's going on over here is uh, Mr. Hi. Chance J. Terry, uh, popular content creator. Uh, sexy voice narrator guy extraordinaire. <laughs> I'm just going to pump you up, my guy. Uh, and he, today we are sitting and we're talking about uh, how <laughs> we deal with failure, how we overcome failure. And once again, you might be in the chat right now and you're like, I can't comment on anything. What's going on? Uh, this is a Viber uh, live, which means that all of the Vibers will be able to comment down at the bottom. Uh, if you are not a Viber, that is okay. You can easily become one. Just hit that little star at the top and come join our family. And if you miss any of this, uh, it will be up on my Patreon and, uh, uh, after, after the show. Um, after the show, after yeah. the show, <laughs> um, one of the, I remember, uh, I think the first big, I guess, failure that I had in my life that I, I guess I just realized the full spectrum of it was mm. in high school. This was in 2000, 2005. And, uh, I was, um, uh, I was, I was a uh, student government president and I, <laughs> After one, uh, I did. I was doing a school show, and after the school show, I went to go drink at a local oh. college, right? Um, and there was a school function that night, so I went to the I went to the college. I came back. I was incredibly intoxicated. Myself and my friends that were with me, incredibly intoxicated, and we ended up causing a complete ruckus. Right now, I was ruckus. I was. I was like. A, it was craziness. It was bad. Right. So much so that, like that, that, that the cops were called, like, that's how bad it was. It was not good. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so we, um, so, uh, the cops end up coming. I end up getting in big trouble. I get suspended for, uh, for two weeks from school. Uh, I get, uh, I'm not allowed to go to senior prom. Uh, I'm not allowed to go on the senior school trip. Uh, I'm not allowed to do the school show. Uh, and, and I lost my scholarship. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what I tell you, that I was at the bottom when I felt like, cause I'm in high school at this point. And I feel like this was the first time I had ever experienced something like this. And I was at the, I felt yeah. like my, my career, my life is done. I'm like the college that I wanted to go to. I'm not going to be able to afford it. Um, my plans that I had in life, you know, cause I'm in my senior year. I had plans. I was ready to go done, gone. Yeah. And I never thought that I'd be able to, recover from that but the funny thing is this i look back at it now and i'm like man i'm glad it happened because that played a factor into who i am today does that make sense yeah you know all of our failures build us to who we are yeah it like defined me which was it's easy to look at now. Oh, thank you for the hand heart. It's uh, it's easy to, to think about that now, but in the moment yeah. I felt so low. So my question to you is this, have you ever been uh, at a point that you felt so low that you were like, ain't no way I'm recovering from this. Ain't no way. <laughs> like this is it. It's done. It's over. No more. Several times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, several times. And I don't I don't like getting there because I'm I'm a slow burn kind of guy. Mm-hmm. It and I'm fucking stubborn. It takes a lot to to get me there, but you have to chip away. Yeah. And slowly chip away. And you have to know how to chip away. 
And I know how to chip away at myself better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, I've been there a couple of times. Um, I was there once, but the, the most recent one professionally was about two years ago. And I, I had a job making really good money, doing something I enjoyed doing, but I was being worked to death. Mm-hmm. Like I was putting in close to 90 hours a week at this job mm-hmm. and just never stopping. I never had time for Chaston. I never had time for me. I never had time for anything. Like I was going crazy and I, uh, I ended up quitting. Um, it was sort of a, kind of a quit got let go type of thing because I had requests that I'd made and they wouldn't be met. So I had one choice or I had two choices. I could stay or I could leave. And so I left. Well, it was really hard to find another job because I didn't have one lined up. And my financial situation, I wasn't able to save anything and, and have any sort of a nest egg. So, that was a really hard, it took me three months to find a job. Mm-hmm. It was a really, really hard three months. And at that point I felt like I had failed. I felt like I had, um, I felt like I'd felt myself because I had, I'd done it. I, I'd secured a job mm-hmm. that was a good job that paid well, that supported me, that had career potential mm-hmm. and coming from my background educationally, that just wasn't something I thought I would ever secure. And then once I got it, I hated it mm-hmm. and I ended it. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like I'd let myself down a lot right. for a long time. Do, do you feel and, that, do you feel like that, that, that kind of like, how much of a chunk did that take out of your just general happiness? Was it hard for you to, to kind of find that again? Oh, I'm still recovering. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm still recovering from that whole situation because the job I left before that, like, cause, cause I had to move, I had a personal thing I had to move for and I don't discuss it on here, but I, I had to, it was not a, I can, it was a necessity. So I had to move and the job I had at the time would not allow remote work. And so again, I had to make a choice and the only choice I could make was I have to move. So that job, I loved. Uh-huh. The, the people I, I worked with, I just absolutely fucking loved that job. I still, I still have dreams about that job. About After you have dreams about me. Like you have dreams about me and then the job. No, you're there. Like mm-hmm. I encompass my two favorite loves, that, that yeah, job sure. and you. <laughs> uh, but that, and, and that played a lot into that situation as well. Yeah. So I feel like I failed, boom, here. And then immediately, six months later, failed again, boom, here. And then got stuck in the, just this self, self-pity, sorrowful state where I couldn't find work. I didn't feel like I was worth hiring. I felt like anything I touched just was ruined. Um, and, and yeah, I'm still recovering from that one. How has that affected your your just mental health like to today? I mean, all like what, two three years later, how would you feel that's affecting your mental health now? My I come with the hard hitting question. You should know you this. Do. I come with the hard hitting questions, Chance. You do. Uh, no, mentally, I'm I'm great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that it is. Uh, it has been very difficult navigating self worth. Mm-hmm. because growing up because of my upbringing, I put a lot of value in what I brought to the table financially and professionally and kind of walking away from those, both of those situations. I, I had no self-worth. I, I didn't feel like I was worth anything to anyone. And other, even though I was being told different by certain people, I didn't feel like I was worth anything. I felt like a burden. I felt like, I, you know, if I can't get a job, then what good am I to anybody? Mm-hmm. And um, and now now I'm kind of going through the same thing. Like I'm going through another transition of, you know, I'm to a point in my current career where it's time to step up. And it doesn't feel like I'm being taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And I revert back to, well, of course, I'm not being taken seriously. 
because I'm not worth being taken seriously. Because look at what happened a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So it it still affects me to this day. Yeah, yeah. Seth had a great um, uh, point and question in the in the comments. I want to point that out there. Uh, he says, "Understanding failure leads to growth is one thing." But how do you manage the pit in your stomach kind of fear? How do you manage that? That's a, that's a hard one. <laughs> that's a great question. I have a, closet, I have a closet that I cry in. That's, mm-hmm. that's I cried today. Head. I actually cried today. I really did. Did you really? I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, I 100% cried today. And I'll, and I'll tell you why, too. Uh, and this actually has to do with like the, the failure side of things. Um, even though this is not necessarily something that I can control, but mm. um, <clears throat> I... So my, my mother had surgery this past week, right? And so yeah. for the past week, I've been taking care of her. I've been at her at her house, uh, you know, uh, just making sure that she's okay, helping her up and down the stairs, getting her food, so on and so forth, right? And this was the first time in my life that I had ever seen my mom, like, not at, like, the tip top of her, of her game, you know, of her, like, of physicality and, and mental, like, to see my mom... I feel like I'm gonna start crying now if, I, if um, you know. It's okay, like, if you do. <laughs> I know. You do what uh, you need to do. To to see my mom in a in a hospital, just like completely out of it, you know. Uh, she was she was obviously sedated, and um, to see that just put this like terrible thing in my stomach. Um, and the reason that I felt like I was failing was because the one driving factor that I have, I have many, but this is the biggest one. The biggest driving factor that I have in my life right now, uh, I've, I've always had, is mm. I want to make it to a point in my life where I can take care of my mom, my dad, my sister, my nephews, my nieces, you know, my immediate family and, and my immediate friends. I want to be able yeah. to say, mom, you don't have to worry about anything anymore. I got it. Dad, you don't have to worry about anything anymore. I got it. Hey, sis, I got it. You know, I want to be able to to look them in the face and say, I got you. I got you. And when I saw my mom on the, you know, on the on the table or in the bed, and when I saw her all throughout this week, I was like, I don't know how much time I have. Yeah. You know? And I want her to see me succeed. You know, I want her to see me, you know, in a, in a big movie or on a TV show or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Like, those are my driving factors. And this was the first time in my life that I got this, you know, Seth, to your point, like this pit in my stomach where I was, I'm, I am so afraid of failing. I feel like if she doesn't get to see that, I failed. And there's nothing I yep. can do about it. And like, that's something that I have to internalize. And so I was, when I was driving home from her house today, cause I'm home now, I was driving home and I just broke down. I broke down on, on the, on the way home and, and it came out of nowhere. And I realized that, man, I, I didn't really think of, think of it this deeply until now. And that was a do weird you, feeling for me. That was so weird. Do you think you out of, to me, doesn't seem like it came out of nowhere. It's very reasonable <laughs> yeah. when it happened. But to you, it's like, oh, it suddenly happened. Do you think it came out of nowhere to you because you tried to just kind of suppress it and it just oh, kind yeah. of blew up on you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because like when we're when we're when we see our parents, right? Or any any figure in our life that is a authoritative figure, you know, we mm-hmm. view them as like indestructible. Right. We view them as indestructible and we view them as being the smartest people. Like I, I when I grew, when I was growing up, I'm like, my mom and dad know everything. You know, they know everything. If I have a question, they'll they'll have the answer. If I'm in trouble, they're gonna save me. Like it's like they were always the superheroes. So to see an ounce of vulnerability, I would always I, I would never think of that because I felt like I never had to. I'm like, oh, my parents are gonna live forever. Right? It humanizes them. Uh-huh. And it's very it's very humanizing. And so like I realized in that moment, I'm like, holy shit. This is this is tough <laughs> to, to think yeah. about, you know? And I ended up breaking down in the car. It just like it just like came out of nowhere, you know? As honestly as it should. Mm-hmm. And you know, I haven't been there. 
yeah, I, I've told you my my story of my family, how we they they hadn't spoken to me in over a year, or almost a year. It'll be a year very soon. Um, so I'm obviously not close to them, mm-hmm. not anymore. But we grew up very, very, very tight knit, cultish, like very just always do things together, always together. And I can imagine still being in that mindset, like that very close mindset and seeing the human side, like seeing them humanize. Cause I know the next time I see them, they're going to look a lot older because I hadn't seen them in two years. Right. They're going to look a lot older. It's, it's going to hit me that they're getting a lot older and I'm not looking forward to that. Because I know that's going to do things to me. And I don't want things done to me. I don't want to feel the fucking feelings, okay? <laughs> I don't like the feelings. They can go jump off a cliff and I'll stay over here right. and just pretend happy all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's hard, man. That's mm-hmm. difficult. So what, what, about, what about that makes you feel like you're failing? Because you are, from, from an outsider point of view, you are succeeding in strides. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, you're a very successful individual. But how do you feel? How do you feel like you're failing in in your situation when it when it comes to your family? Yeah, that's a great question. So I I feel I guess I guess I put this like goal out there for myself to be able to accomplish something very specific, right? And okay. I want them to see it. I want them to to to. I want to be there to be a moment where, you know, and they would, I know they would say this now, but they're just like, Hey, I'm proud of you. Like you did it. You, you actually did this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, I want, that's like a, such a big goal for me. And I don't know. I, I just, I want it to happen so bad that I feel like if I fail that and like, I'm never, there's never going to be like a chance for redemption in that way, I guess, you know, like, uh, Oh, let me get another shot. You know, and like just that, just that, like you got you got one chance to to do this. You got one chance on this this rock. You know what I'm saying? My guy, <laughs> you do something that I myself do. You have set an unreasonable expectation for yourself, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. based off I've of what you think other people <laughs> think about you. Yeah. Um. And you said it yourself. You know, if you asked your parents or if you had the conversation with them, that, you know, most people who know you would, would tell you that they're proud of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does success look like to you then? I mean, you, you said that you, you, wanna, you want your mom to see you succeed in a movie, mm-hmm. see you do something. How do you think that would change her perception of you? <laughs> and that's and it's questions like that where I know the answer and like that's what honestly don't kind of don't blow smoke in my ass and tell no, me no, 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 I, no, no, I want to hear what the thoughts of Kai <laughs> I'm gonna no I'm gonna answer it so like I I know that she's all, like my parents will always be proud of me because I like they raised a decent guy I'm not perfect but like they raised a decent guy you know and or from the waist down from the waist down you know what i'm saying yeah. and perfection is 50 percent good <laughs> so like they they and i think the fact that i'm like just like a uh you know a, a good kid you know i know they're proud of me but i would love to be able to like take my mom on like a red carpet you know i would love to take my sister you know out and i'd love to you know, buy my, you know, bu- uh, pay for my, my, the college of my nephews and my nieces. Like I want to yeah. be able to, to see that, you know, and um, like, it's, if it doesn't happen, like, obviously like we'll be able to cope with that. Um, but it's just like the, the driving factor that I have, you know, is, it makes me want to work harder in a way. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're putting a lot of value in what you can provide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds like your your love language, so to speak, will be would be acts of service, gifts, you know, experiences, things like that. You want to you want to enrich people's lives, and the way you feel like you can do that mm-hmm. is either monetarily supporting mm-hmm. them or paying for things or experiences, which all cost money. Mm-hmm. So I, I think what it basically comes down to is 
you really want to give money to people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you say it like that. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, it, it's not, no, it's not ridiculous. <laughs> it's not ridiculous, but when you break it down to the brass tacks, it's, it's mm-hmm. you want to make, you, you want to have the money yeah. to give things to the people you love, to show them how much you care for them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you already know. You already know what I'm about to say, man. That ain't what it's about. <laughs> they don't. They don't give a rat's ass how much money yeah. you have. They really don't. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's that's how you feel. Mm-hmm. There's no changing that. Mm-hmm. If, if there is to change that idea of how you feel, you're the one who's going to have to change it. Me, me telling you shit's not going to change it. So I right. say, keep focusing on your goals. Keep doing mm-hmm. what you're doing. Whatever makes you happy. And if that makes you happy, then that makes you happy. There is no. Mm-hmm. Well, that shouldn't make you happy. No, that's what makes you happy. Right. It, there's right. nothing immoral about it. Right. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. You're not hurting anyone with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're yourself a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> you. Yeah. I mean, the drive is there, and, and so I say that that's it's not a bad thing to focus on trying to take care of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's your definition definition of success, then good on you. Right. You know what's funny? Well, as I was as I was prepping for the live, I was looking up a bunch of people that like failed, but didn't give up, right? And I found this list to be very interesting. And I want to read some of these off to you because I think this is uh, amazing. So uh, first on the list was uh, Ariana Huffington and um, she got rejected by 36 publishers, 36 times before she was finally accepted. Uh, and, and she got a, she got a book like published 36 Ariana. times. The was name that? sounds familiar. Oh, you don't know who Ariana Huffington is? The, you I know Google that shit, sir. I'm sure I would know if I saw. Like, I know the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she she's great. She's a a, a great uh, a great author who has a, a fantastic perspective just on the the world. You know, mm-hmm. um, the next person was uh, Bill Gates. You know who that is? <laughs> name uh, name rings a bell. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Let right? me check my phone. <laughs> Uh, Bill Gates, uh, he watched his first company crumble. Now he's one of the most successful and wealthiest people uh, in the world. Uh, but his first go at it was uh, boo, like a boom. And it, yeah. he, if he would have given up, then we may not be talking to each other in this fashion right now. <laughs> Very likely, yeah. You know, um, the next one is Walt Disney. Uh, okay. Walt Disney was told... Um, that he lacked creativity. He lacked creativity. Can can you imagine? Like, imagine saying that to him, and then like twenty years later, you're you're riding rides at his theme park. <laughs> you're uh, you're going through this list of all these people who have failed. Everyone's failed, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't care who you're talking about. You could, I mean, it could be anybody on that list. It could be, you know, oh that person always seems perfect. No, right. they failed. How, do you, how the fuck do you think they got there? Mm-hmm. You cannot mm-hmm. succeed without stepping over failure. Right. Or tripping over mm-hmm. is more of an apt. Right, 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 right. And then, and then they the the my favorite one on this list is uh, Milton Hershey. So obviously he's Hershey like, bar Hershey. Yeah, like Hershey bar Hershey. Uh, before he created Hershey, he had three candy companies, and they all failed. <laughs> no shit, they all failed. And oh. and then his his fourth one, his fourth one was uh, was was the one that we know and love today. Okay, so he had a twenty five percent success ratio. I say that's pretty fucking good. That is, you know, that's that is a good success ratio. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I mean, if I knew that every fourth company I started would be a Hershey. I mean, it'd, be, it'd kind of be worth it, though, right? You know? Yeah, it really would. I, I'd trudge <laughs> through the shit for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, do you, but that's how, the do use, how do you use, like, fail, like, like when you wake up in the morning, um, and does the thought of failure ever cross your mind, or does it only cross your mind when it's, like, in the process of happening? It depends on what it is. Yeah. So... If I have, I stress a lot, an unhealthy amount. I have very, very high anxiety when it comes to financial stability. 
which is something that I didn't grow up with. It's something that I never really had. And I'm constantly working towards it, but something always fucking happens. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm almost there. I'm getting there. I, I have a little bit of a roadmap. And so I think about that a lot. And it's not so much the fear, fear of failure with that. And I guess this could be fear of failure. It's the fear of not being able to reach certain goals within a certain time frame. Right, right. Um, and so that's a constant stress for me. So I guess in that sense, the fear of failure does drive me. But it's not even like a drive. It doesn't make me more productive. It debilitates me. It, it, mm-hmm. If I focus on the failure, I get caught in this loop. Um, when I'm actively working towards something, I'm not thinking about the failure. When I'm alone with my own thoughts and stagnant is when I think about the failure. Mm, okay. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if do I'm ever, active, if I'm up, go ahead. Do you ever, do you ever talk to your wife about it? Is that something that, that ever comes up in conversation? Oh, constantly. Yeah. Constantly. I, I will express to her my fears all the time. Yeah. Uh, the other day, it came up uh, two days ago, it came up and I went and sat in my closet mm. and folded laundry. Just, I'd had a great day. Something happened that reminded me of failure. And I went and sat in my closet and she came in there and sat with me and we talked about it. And we talked about my frustrations, how I felt about it. You know, that basically that I just didn't have the energy to fight it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was going to let it go. And to me, I failed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a lot of factors going that failure that were completely out of my control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but just because you're going to fail, mm-hmm. you will. There is no getting around that. It's a part of life. You will fail. And a lot of the times it will be uncomfortable and it will be something that you detest and you think about and you, you, you mull over. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's, there's no getting around that. But the trick is I have found use that, Mm -hmm. use that in the future to benefit yourself in some form or fashion, how you're going to use it. Sometimes you don't know, but there's most of the time there's a use for that failure. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You learn something. You you uh, you you have you have a daughter, and if she were to come up to Dude. you, if you were, if she were to come up to you and say, "Daddy, I want to not the pony," uh, she was like, <laughs> she was like, "Dad, um, I've been <laughs> living in England for a while, isn't it?" <laughs> if if she were to walk up to you and say, "Hey, Dad, I feel like I'm failing, just in life right now." And she's like looking and she just feels, she feels like she's just lost. What would, what would you say to her? Breathe in, mm-hmm. breathe out. And if you successfully did that, then you're not failing in life. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're winning in life. If you can breathe in and breathe out. Yeah. Um, it's not about your life because everything, you know, life is linear. So, whatever is happening right now will not be happening later on. And so your failures that you feel right now are not going to be there sometime in the future. It might take a week, it might take a month or years, but eventually those failures will dissipate right? and your focus will be on new things. So if we were to have that conversation, I would ask her specifically, well, where do you feel you're failing? What, what, what's going on? And if it was, you know, a relationship, we would talk about that because Mm-hmm. It depends on what it is, how that conversation goes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in no form or fashion are you failing at life as long as you, you know, woke up today and mm-hmm. you can breathe in and you can breathe out. Right. right. And, and that's hard. That is, that is hard mm-hmm. to do. Like that is hard <laughs> to think about. And and most of the time, if I if I were to give myself that same, like, that same advice, I'd be like, fuck you. I'm, I know you don't, you're not understanding. This is how I feel. I don't need you to tell me to breathe in, breathe out. Fix me. Like that's, I don't take my own advice. <laughs> I'm, I'm like you. Way. I know the answer. But I'm I hate it. Way. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll sometimes be I, like, I'll be so good at like giving some sort of advice. 
and then and then when it comes time for me to implement i'll be like i mean well you could play yourself back on a tape recorder and go he's got it all wrong he has no idea he has no idea how i feel oh my gosh how much how much does ego come into play when it comes to failure just like just basic ego ego is a funny thing yeah for, for me yeah um I was a weird kid. Didn't mm -hmm. grow up with an ego. Mm -hmm. In my teens, I was full of angst and, of course, developed a little bit of an ego. Mm -hmm. In my 20s, I got, you know, slapped back down and like, no. Right. See? See how far down, yeah. see how far down you are? No ego down there. Uh, I won't lie. Like, the whole rise on TikTok and stuff has given me a little bit of a social media ego at times. And sure. I really, oh, absolutely. I have to put myself in check with it. And at times, at times, Chaston will, will say, hey, this is how you sound. I don't know if you know this. And she always does it in a loving manner. But when it comes to, when it comes to failure, it really depends on concerning ego. It, it really depends on how much I have invested into it, whether I'm willing to accept the failure or not. And whether I'm willing to accept responsibility for the failure or not. So it, it definitely plays. Mm -hmm. it, it plays a bit. How about yeah. you? What about, what about your ego? <laughs> no, it's there. You know, it's funny because um, it was actually fairly recently that uh, some very close friends of mine, um, rightfully so, you know, called me out on that. Because I have been, and like, I'm talking from like a social media, like, platform type, type of type of thing and they you know and these are friends that i like grew up with like people that you know uh, i if they live up the street from me you know type of friends mm -hmm. like we we you know hang out you, you sing out all the time and obviously like this kind of situation uh in combination with uh the pandemic and not really being mm -hmm. able to see people and like all, all of these things um i ended up pushing them away right so I like as yeah. I focused on 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 this and it was and I had a, some great conversations recently because I am always trying to look internally right because okay. I I want to be able to process like right because I don't I don't process like publicly right I process like privately and so when I do that I also want to make sure that I have like these intimate conversations with the people that I know uh, that that are not only going to keep it real with me and not just be like yes sir yes sir right <clears throat> like they're gonna they're gonna just keep it real and be honest like you and yep. I have had plenty we've had tons of you know real conversations over the past year <laughs> you know yes, and, like it's been and it's been it's really nice <laughs> that's a very that. sensitive topics yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. There's been a, there's been a couple situations. Uh, in there have world. like square yeah. up situations. We, we, we both have had to to deal with that, and uh, it's and it's it's hard to to hear, but it's also important for me to hear, right? Because mm. I will I will never place blame on other people when it comes to the things that I know that I'm you know responsible for 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 my end, right? So other things or people may have come into play, but like. I'm, I need, I'm held accountable for my shit, right? Mm -hmm. Like personally, right? Yeah. And the only way that you can become a better person is if you are able to process that internally, get feedback from the people that care about you the most and then learn and become better. So, you know, it's very nice to have friends that'll humble you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you there's know? nothing better than a good humbling. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's very, it's very nice. And especially over the, I would say like the last month, it's been, it's been a very humbling, you know, experience, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And, uh, and I've learned, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. How do you find that being like by yourself? Cause you talked about the pandemic and self-isolation mm -hmm. and stuff like that. How do you find, because personally when I'm alone with my own thoughts, yeah, they are not fun. They are not nice to me most of the time. If I'm, if I'm on a roll, if I'm doing something really good and I know I'm succeeding, like I've got a clear pathway to success in whatever mm -hmm. I'm doing, they're all right. They're fine. They'll, they'll ride with me through that high. But most of the time, if I'm just laying in bed 
and it wasn't a particularly great day or a particularly mm-hmm. bad day, my thoughts would be like, hey, you remember that time <laughs> you said this thing and you were a dick? <laughs> like, it's just, you know, not not nice thoughts to myself. Right. So if I'm left <laughs> alone, my ego gets chipped away all mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm the best at that, okay? I am the best at chipping away my own ego. I, I dare you to find someone better. I'm the most humble person in the world. There's nobody Ever. more humble than me, okay? Ever. Like, if they had a competition about humbling, I would win. <laughs> Don't even enter. How do you feel like being alone with your own thoughts affects your self-perception? It It's hard because... And like this is still something that I'm I'm trying to work on because you know uh, like I've been diagnosed with with high functioning anxiety which which pretty much means that like we could have a basic conversation and you would never know based off of the way that I present myself and the way that I work and the way that my work ethic you would never know that anxiety is something that I have to battle every single day so right. that in combination with uh, the the severe depression. Uh, mm-hmm. and the ADHD, and they all go hand in hand. They're all skipping down the road together, right? <laughs> um, being alone with your thoughts can be super duper scary. Well, it doesn't sound like sense. you're ever alone with your thoughts. There's always like four or five people there. Oh, there's tons. Yeah. Oh my God, there's tons of people, you know, in my head. And and I you I end up like thinking, but then I always have to stop myself because I'll end up overthinking. Uh, and I'll start coming, like these like, uh, weird hypothetical situations will kind of just pop up into my head yeah. and I have to stop myself and be like, whoa, 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 stop, stop. You know, and then just take a breath and just kind of come back to reality and talk about what, like, the right here and right now. So what I'll do sometimes is I'll just, like, honestly, I'll just, like, look around the room and just, like, look at things that are literally there, like, real things. I will touch things, you know, like my computer, you know, my, my cell phone, my water, like, you know. Your friends? <laughs> if you were next to me, you know, I would I would put my arm around your shoulder, you know. <laughs> you know, so, like, it's, it's, like, things like that because, like, I do, it is hard to kind of be in my thoughts because I think a lot and I overthink and yeah. I beat myself up all the time. I beat myself up all the time because I always want to make people happy. And when I know I'm not making people happy, I try to fix myself as opposed to fixing the situation. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, that, yeah. that makes complete mm-hmm. sense. Because you mm-hmm. you might not be able to fix the situation. Mm-hmm. But you can change something about yourself, even if it's in the interim, mm-hmm. to make this person happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I, mm-hmm. I deal with people pleaser stuff a lot because I grew up wanting to please my parents who had this Mm -hmm. idea of who and how I should be. And, you know, being a kid, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how Mm -hmm. I should be even as an adult. Still very difficult. So I always tried to mold myself to their idea. And Mm -hmm. I still find myself doing that at times with, with certain people. I try to mold myself into what they expect me to be or what I think they expect me to be rather because if you really mm-hmm. ask most people they don't want you to change who you are for them they want mm-hmm. you to be you and if they don't mm-hmm. like you they don't like you but they don't want you to be disingenuous sure disingenuous mm-hmm. Dis- disingenuous i think is the word there comes charm baby um yeah <laughs> so that is something i've worked on and continually mm-hmm. worked on mm-hmm so you, so you, you said you're a people pleaser. I'll probably be at times. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm fuck you. Sometimes I'm what can I do to make you happy? <laughs> it depends. It depends on who it is. How do you how do you handle like if uh... no I'm sorry go ahead mm-hmm. no please I like questions. <laughs> um how do you how do you handle it when I guess a situation happens for you? that you like tried your best, but it's something out of your control that caused it to not work. For example, let's just say you're playing sports, right? You're playing baseball, right? And you go out there and you hit four home runs, right? But the other team yeah. uh, hit five home runs and the rest of your team did absolutely nothing, right? How do you, do you, does that ever bother you? And, and how do you go about navigating that? Yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> Extremely frustrating. There's no 
no amount of self-consoling that will fix that because you always, you always look back and think of ways you could have done better or that you could have prevented people from doing worse. Right. And I get very defensive, honestly. Mm-hmm. Same. I get defensive and I, I get down on myself and I think and hash over every type of scenarios. And sometimes to my, to my detriment, I go back and I try to fix it or do it differently again. Right. Mm-hmm. But the damage is already done. Like there is no, the, the aftermath is already laid out. There is no cleanup. Um, I get, I get upset. I get angry and I either try to fix it and do it again alone or I completely just abandon it and forget about it. And it no longer holds a place in my life. Mm-hmm. I do not handle those types of situations healthily. Right. Right. That's hard. That's so, hard too. How do you, how, how do you, how do you, I guess, pull yourself out of it then? Like if, if, if like, is what, is there something that you are working on like personally to help you, you know, handle that a little bit better? Um, that's a hard one. <laughs> For me, it's time. Yeah, yeah. Just, just time has to pass, and some things are really hard to let go of. Mm-hmm. Um, and even after time passes, the the remnants of those things are still there. Sure. And so I, I'm constantly having conversations with myself regarding several situations where, where I feel I could have done better, where I feel if I'd only done it just a little differently, things would have been so much better for everyone involved. And, and dwelling on the past like that is so fucking unhealthy. Like, cause, cause you can't change it. You can't do it differently. It happens. So for yeah. me, it's, it, it's being reminded that it happened own it, deal with it, move on. And I have to have an external source remind me of that. And then mm-hmm. a lot of time has to pass. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm look always... at me. <laughs> okay, I know, right? Freeze frame. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I always, to your point, try to look forward, right? Because it's, I mean, it's not bad to reflect on the past, but you can't live there, right? You can't reflect and learning. Yeah, is a good thing. Living yeah. there and dwelling is not right. Right, exactly. You know, and so like it's important for me to be able to process just things in in life, even even small things. You know, uh, throughout my life. Mm. But I I try to always look forward, and if I do end up looking back on something, if I am uh, reflecting or processing, I always ask myself, okay, the thing that I'm thinking about right now, how will this help me for the future? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I always yeah. want to find a way to improve. I always want to find a way to be uh, to be better, you know, for myself. Like, like screw everybody else, you know. I, and I, I say that tongue-in-cheek. But, like, I want to be able to be good to myself so I can be good to others. Because I have found that when I'm not good to myself, I'm pouring from an empty glass. I'm and, when I'm yeah. not good to Oh, mm-hmm. like I'm not even empty. I'm an ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's actually something I was gonna. I was gonna uh, make a, a video about that. Um, I just trying to find about me being an ass. About you being an ass. Yeah. <laughs> about about how 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 worse how I'm hard on myself and how mm-hmm. I I just tear myself apart because I want to be better. I I treat myself like garbage because I want to be able to. Um, um, please everybody around me. At, at, so you at making myself like this sacrifice. To, you know what you I mean? Sacrifice your own wants and needs, and in a way, in some sick fucking way, it seems mm-hmm. honorable to you to sacrifice your own wants and needs for the benefit of others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only issue, well, I have two issues with that. One, you shouldn't have to sacrifice your own wants and needs to make other people happy. And there are people in this world that will take full advantage of that. And sadly, I have ran into several of those people in my life who will recognize that I will do things for them 
at my own detriment. Mm -hmm. And they will require that of me. And when I don't do that, then they are unhappy, thus enforcing the, if I don't do this for you, you're unhappy with me. Uh, but when I do this for you, you are happy with me, and then life is easier, so I just need to keep doing it. Yeah, right. energy vampires or, or happiness mm -hmm. vampires are people that depend on you for their own happiness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For a long and time, happiness and success, yeah. Mm -hmm. For a long time, I thought that I should be the source of happiness for the people around me. And that's all I should be. No negativity, nothing. And I quickly realized that I lose myself completely doing that. And, and that, that's one of the situations I was talking about earlier where I found myself just unhappy and like I had failed completely. Mm -hmm. I, I had lost myself 100%, could not find my way back. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I truly felt like I had failed myself. Like my nine-year-old self who thought, well, when I grow up, I'm going to be super happy, super fun, do all these fun things. And then suddenly I'm sitting in a closet contemplating my own existence, mm -hmm. unhappy with myself and fully convinced that I'd failed forever and would never recover. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm actually glad you said that because uh, uh, there ha it wasn't until my like later years in my life that I... I even like had any sort of dark thoughts in which that <laughs> thought could have easily led to me not being on this earth anymore. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I know what you're saying. Yeah. So like, it, and that was when, that was back in 2018, 2019. Right. So it wasn't that mm -hmm. long ago. And so I finally got myself to a point that like, I was able to kind of put those out there, but man, there have, there have been times, like it's easy to get that thought out now, but man, there have been times when I'm like, man, I'm just a burden. Yep. I'm just a burden. I, yep. I, I should not be here. You know what I'm saying? And so like, easier. I have to pull myself out of those yeah. thoughts. I have to talk about it with people and, and, and pull myself out because I know that that's not treating myself in a healthy way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have been there. Mm -hmm. Some more extreme than others. Yeah. Um, but I think everyone has been to a point in their life where, where they felt unwanted, unneeded, and just unnecessary. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard thing to deal with. And there is, sadly, <laughs> sadly, most of the time you're there, the only one who can pull you out of it is you. Yeah. Which is kind of bass backwards because that's yeah. the time you need people's help the yeah. most. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but for anybody going through that, all, all I would say is if you feel like a burden, uh, then you need to surround yourself with people who don't make you feel that way. Mm -hmm. Because to me, looking back on when I felt like a burden, like truly to my core, felt like a useless bump on a log. Mm -hmm. It was because the people who I had associated myself with, or the majority of them, were were telling me, and not necessarily verbally, sometimes verbally, but they were telling me that that's how they felt about me. That's how they viewed me, that I was just useless to them, that it would be easier for them if I wasn't around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yes. <laughs> and you say that as, as your wife. Speaking of someone who she, makes me feel in, like I'm like, useful every about? fucking day. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> I can't tell. Well, my phone died and I wanted to listen, but so I was going to come in here and listen. We're talking about surrounding yourself with people who make you feel wanted, regardless of your social status, your financial status, whatever. They ensure. Oh, yeah, you you're a broke bitch. I'm a broke bitch. <laughs> <laughs> have been since she met me. This woman did not marry me for my money. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, she's, um, she's amazing. I love Jasmine so much. But um, she constantly inspires improvement. Married mm -hmm. you for that, yes. <sighs> yes, that is though. Um, <laughs> she constantly inspires improvement. Constantly yeah. inspires me to work on my mental health for me, for nobody else, mm -hmm. and is constantly there to help me. Inspires, mm -hmm. not forces. Yeah, inspires does not force or uh, manipulate me into it. Right, right. So, and back at it, bitch. I mean, that's what I'm here for you for. <laughs> in the in the last in the last few minutes that that we have here, uh, I want to do some like just final 
thoughts. And, and, and let me just preface again. Um, thank you so much for, for sitting and, and talking about this. I, I'm really, I, I really try to use my platform to just uh, uh, to, to, to end the stigma as much as possible, <laughs> you know, and to, <laughs> and to just be, you know, um, just and spread the word. Hopefully people know they're not alone, right? Master Chief, Master Chief, you are not alone. I've got you. <laughs> if you could if you could that was actually any... a really good master chief impression that Hell was yeah. actually really good i'm not gonna lie does that make me cortana oh he knows the halo nah you're a grunt okay i'll take it i'll take it <laughs> um so my 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 final question to you is is this if there's anybody listening right now uh that feels like they are failing and they don't know how to get out of that that pit of failure, um, and they're listening right now, what would you say to them? If you, if you give it a shot, if you try, giving up is the only form of failure. Mm -hmm. Just completely giving up and giving in to failure is the only way it wins. And you're going to feel like you're failing mm -hmm. sometimes. It's going to be fucking uncomfortable. It's mm -hmm. going to hurt. It's going to make you cry. It's going to make you just want to stop doing it all together. Mm -hmm. um, but as long as you have the passion and drive, be it for whatever, keep fucking going. Mm -hmm. Just keep trying. And it may not seem like that would provide much comfort, but I promise you it will. When mm -hmm. I... When I feel in those moments like I'm failing, if I get up and I move around and I do the thing that is weighing heavily on me and I work towards a goal, it does ease my pain a little. Sometimes not very much, but it does ease it. Uh, so I would just say focus on the thing you feel like you're failing it and take a step towards remedying that within yourself. And that's all you can do. You're amazing. You're amazing. I, I'm so I'm so happy that you picked this topic. This was like this was this was a beautiful topic. To you know why I picked the topic? Why? Because I felt like a fucking failure. <laughs> I know. That's why we do these talks. That's why we, we talk we talk about it like this, man. Because it's all it all comes from from truth. You know, truth yeah. from from within. You know, and that's that's really uh, that's really really important. And uh, is there anything that you want to plug before uh, before I, I I sign off here? Uh. Y'all go get you something. I'm not. I'm going to plug everybody in here. Spend yes. ten dollars on yourself on something you would never buy. Just spend ten bucks on yourself. It makes you feel nice. Yeah, you're worth it. Do it. Mm -hmm. I did that this week, and I never spend money on myself. And I spent a little money on myself. Mm -hmm. And I got a helmet. Nice. I've wanted one of these since 2006. Yeah. That is how long it took me to buy this. And so now you have it. And how do you feel now that, that it's in your hands? Well, in the words of Master Chief, <laughs> I feel I, I'll walk into my office and see this. I put this on so much. It, it is one of the it brings me so much fucking joy. Did you have to get it sized? No, it's it's a one size fits all. So it's all like right. a it's it's like a construction helmet on the inside, how it mm. cradles on your head. Mm -hmm. So it's a one size fits all. Um and then it just makes your head look really fucking huge. <laughs> well, I mean, you're Master Chief, so I mean, technically you're... So my head is huge, people. yeah. I'm not 7'2 like Master Chief. Right. But, hey, I don't know that because I'm not super nerdy. <laughs> um, my friends, I, I want to I thank Mr. Chance, Jay Terry. Uh, go follow him. If you enjoyed all of this, go follow that guy. Uh, he's, a, he's a good guy, um, and, and he has a lot to offer, and, and I, I appreciate him uh, very, very much. Um, also, friends, uh, he was talking about if you want to spend uh, a, little, a little money, if you have one dollar, my friends, if you have one, one of the ten, yeah, one dollar, you can uh, you can follow me on Patreon, where you're going to get um, the full the full live here. So if you missed any part of this, you'll be able to go over to uh, Patreon and, and listen to the entire conversation that we had today about failure and other conversations that I'll be having with other creators, blogs and insights and interviews and. Uh, an inside peek at my personal mental health, things that I don't put up anywhere else except on there. So I'll uh, click the link in my bio, head over to my Patreon and uh, sign up. It's only $1 per month. Uh, my friends, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you to Chance. Thank you to Chastin. Thank you to all the Vibers that are in here. Vibers, I see you in the chat. 
I appreciate you. Look at that. <laughs> Vibers, I see you in the chat. Thank you so much for your support and thank you for, uh, for subscribing. And uh, to everybody else that is watching, thank you so much for watching. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you as always. Much love, good vibes. And I'll see you. You all have soon. nice butts. Yeah, you all have nice booties. Bye. Bye. <laughs>